this time, it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker for today, Reverend Patrick Cameron. I told Barb I'd try the bow, it didn't work, so we won't do that again. Anyway, good morning. Thank you for making the trip here today on this, the first blush of winter. And so um, our opportunity is to continue. We get to ride the wave of the first service, which is always quite lovely. They warm, they warm the room. We warm the room. And it continues to warm. And so in that warming is song and prayer. And I would like to invite you to sing a song with me. Some people uh, really enjoy standing for the song. If that's some, your preference, please feel free. If not, stay seated. And uh, we can uh, move right into prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in this very room what I know in this moment and invite you to know with me as I breathe in and I invite you to just take a mindful breath in this moment fill your lungs comfortably and fully and then release and let us know and let us set an intention that each and every time we do that placing our awareness on this, this beautiful body temple that carries us so beautifully upon this amazing planet that it is our choice, even with each breath, to set the intention that whatever is no longer necessary for me to carry, I release. And I'm reminded of that release by my out-breath. I accept and bless. And I release. It is a giving and receiving in a mindful way, in a way that moves us from manipulation and strategy into grace and beauty and love. And so I'm so grateful to stand with you today and be guided and directed knowing that not everything necessary for me to share this day is in my awareness yet, but it is available, ready, and makes itself apparent when appropriate. And this is true for you as well. I also open myself in this moment to know that the heartfelt need, may I speak to the heartfelt need of community, that we come together in community to be uplifted, to be reminded to be inspired, and to be supported on this journey, the spiritual journey of life that is fraught with so many distractions and so many obstacles at times, but to understand that there is an unseen force for good that is guiding and directing, propelling us and informing us 
if we choose to be in that relationship. So I'm so grateful this day to stand with you and to discuss how I may be in deeper relationship with that presence, how my life may be a reflection of that in an even greater and more fully, fully orbed way. So I just give thanks, knowing that my word is activated and impressed upon this infinite intelligence, these ideas. And that which I have expressed, that which I have requested, is the gift that I receive in this, the giving and receiving of life. For this I give thanks, knowing that each one of us is blessed this day in great gratitude and appreciation. I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Beautiful, beautiful. Look like an angel sitting there, Anna. This looks so lovely. Y'all look so lovely because it is that you're the face of God. Wasn't it great to get that extra hour of sleep? Man, I just, we need an extra hour every day. Wouldn't that, that'd be good? I don't know where that would take us in a few days, and, but we'd be getting up fairly late in another 10 days or so. But, you know, too much of a good thing, I guess. So an hour is good. It was like, you know, and then we got spring coming, I know, and we've got to give that hour back. So, uh, But it was just lovely. I got up this morning, and I looked out the, the front window, and I was on the second story of the house, and there's a beautiful tree that doesn't have... And, and so lovely that the trees were able to release their leaves before the snow came, because I know how destructive that can be sometimes, the extra weight, along with the leaves and the snow. And so I looked out, and here's this beautiful tree, and it was like... You know, some great artist had just painted the, the tree, the snow. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Because otherwise, so what I chose to do was not look out and go, oh, oh, which is, tip, that has been my spiritual practice for years, by the way. <laughs> oh, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to celebrate it. It is the season, it is time for the, for the soil and for the earth to rest in a certain way to go into hibernation and to celebrate it and embrace it and to see the beauty. Because what I want to do, I know the, the power of gratitude. And thank you, Deb, Debbie Spence, for singing the song that you wrote about gratitude this morning. So perfect, didn't know you'd be here, didn't know you're singing that song, but there's one mind and that mind is God and we're all participating in that. So thank you so much for being so, so aware and conveying that so clearly in your, in your consciousness that it guided me. And I, and I mean, this is how it works. We make ourselves available to this conversation. Dr. Ernest Holmes in the Living the Science of Mind, one of my favorite guys. Let me put my jacket on correctly here. Let me know if I'm not looking good, okay? <laughs> Gee whiz, you guys. Help me. Work with me here. Diane. Diane. So Diane comes in. Would you like a bottle of water? Would you like a bottle of water? No. Oh. I'm going to give you a bottle of water, okay? Well, you're not going to get a bottle of water then. She came in this morning. She said, where'd that water come from? And I said, well, I bought I brought it. Did you pay for it? I said, no, I grabbed two of them and I ran out the store as fast as I could. Did I pay for it? What kind of question is that? Because that alarm goes off when you run out the door with it. I do that at the Home Depot. Everything I buy, the buzzer goes off, so I just start running. <clears throat> well, it makes it exciting for the people who work there. My picture's up there now. It's really nice. Holmes talks about the contagion of fear in this book. This is a very popular idea, and I just want to read briefly a couple paragraphs. It's possible for us to catch fear from others, much as we would catch a cold. It's a broadcast, a spiritual broadcasting system. So when I was just thanking uh, Debbie for her song, that's what she was broadcasting. 
And because I'm, I'm paying attention to a certain frequency, I got it. I didn't see Debbie's picture and face in my mind's eye, but it, all of a sudden I got this idea around, hmm, may I speak to the heartfelt uh, longing of the community? And that's, that's called intuition. That's where the realization is in our awareness without any mental process, as Holmes would say. So it's possible for us to catch fear from others as much as we would, would catch a cold, for we are all unconscious, mental, emotional, and spiritual broadcasting stations. This takes us back to the thought in the Bible which says that a man's enemy shall be those of his own household. For our real enemies are our fears and phobias, our doubts and uncertainties, our anxieties and our inner conflicts. So there's our household. And he says this, there's nothing for God to be afraid of. We believe that the one life that we all participate in is God's life. And if we can and do tune into it to the thoughts of others, and if they affect us as they most certainly do, why should we not learn to tune into the mind of God, which is free from fear and doubt? This is why, what is meant by prayer and meditation. For in the act of prayer and meditation, we commune with the invisible spirit. We draw its strength, its peace, and its serenity into our own souls. And as a result of this, we become strong and self-reliant because we have built up a confidence in life, a faith, a conviction, which wards off all fear. Just as a germ of physical disease is less liable to infect a strong body, so the germ of mental fear is resisted by a whole and happy mind. I love that. I mean, Holmes is just brilliant. You know, for me, it's easy. I pick the book up and I go, oh my gosh, look what Ernest said here. He's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know, we're going down, we're taking a group of people, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this trip to Abhijanya to, to see John of God. And I talked to a Reverend Dr. Roger Teal from the Mile High Church yesterday. He called me, which was quite lovely, because I'm, I'm not in high relationship with Dr. Roger. I adore him, and he, but he's very, very, he's a busy guy, and I know what ministry is. Yesterday, I did three hours of class. I did a memorial at 3 o'clock and did an ordination at 7, and I just thought, <sighs> And then I got home and couldn't figure out why I couldn't calm down and go to sleep. <clears throat> but, and it was a wonderful day. It was a beautiful day of being of service and being present with what was. And I told Laura, well, just do it one at a time. And the whole last week has sort of been that, uh, uh, a, a scurry of activity, which has been beautiful. But uh, in it, when I was talking to Dr. Roger, he said, we were talking about the John of God experience, and he's really led the charge for our movement in terms of this. He's taken groups about six times now. Um, and what he said to me was, you know, it's so beautiful because what it is, it's an experience of what we already teach. It's just a deeper experience, which is the mystical, which is what Holmes is talking about in this article. It's, it's that deep abiding relationship that when we're in it, we stand in a healthy body and a happy mind because we understand that God's life is my life. And it's not even an intellectual process. It descends into the, the, the body of our affairs. That's the deeper work. That's the possibility. And so it's not about just taking a class or doing a certain spiritual practice for a bit of time. It's about nurturing it and growing it. So you see before me these bottles of water. And today's story, I want to share a practice with you that's very powerful and it's very challenging. And I want to read you a story because today's uh, lesson is entitled Priming the Pump. And so there were, years ago, there was a man going through the desert. He was very thirsty. Man was going through the... And it's okay, because I'll, I'll speak when, when... What's the baby's name? 
Alexander, when Alexander's not speaking, I'll speak. So we work. It'll be good. And we just send them. We thought, yeah, I know it's, it's church. It's boring, but not this church. Anyway, years ago, there's a man going through the desert. He was very thirsty. And he came across a water pump. And when he saw it, he ran to the pump and he found a small container of water with a note attached to it. So he picks up the, the container. He says, wow, here we go. This is what I need. And the note said, do not drink this water. What? Do not drink this water. Use this water to prime the pump. If you will prime the pump, you will have more water than you can use. This pump will bring it from below the ground because this pump goes for long periods of time without being used. It dries out and it won't work. It needs enough water to cause it to work again. So do not drink the water. So the guy's standing there. He's dying of thirst. And he's standing there with this water that he has in his hand. And he's got a choice. This is where the rubber meets the road. I drink the water. I know I can keep going. I pour the water down the pump. I'm not sure this pump's going to uh, produce water or not. Why would I, why would I pump, why would I pump or, or pour water down the pump when I, you know, bird in a hand worth two in the bush? So the man, he looked at the note and he looked at the water and he had to make a decision. He could either drink the water, immediately quench the thirst, or he could believe the note. He wondered, what if I pour the water down the pump and nothing happens? Where will I find more water? And he did his own work. He went inside and he confronted his own fear. And he poured the water on the pump and began to pump. And for the longest time, nothing happened. And his fears began to speak again. Oh my gosh, you should have drank the water. You should have had it when you had a chance. And you let that opportunity pass. Oh, you wasted it. And now you'll probably die of thirst. And all of a sudden, there was a rumbling. There was a rumbling from under the ground. And water began to flow in abundance. And water was everywhere. And he drank to his heart's content. And he filled all his canteens. And he washed it over him. At the very end of the note, it said, be sure to refill this container so the next person who comes along can prime the pump. And for many years, believers have, believed, have been uh, drinking their tithes. So I have 10 bottles here. And tithing, most people don't understand. Tithing is taking 10% of what we have, whatever it may be, and, and giving it. Not because we expect a return, but what it is, it's sacred, deep practice of saying, God's life and my life are one. I am so grateful to be alive. I'm so grateful to be on this beautiful planet and have these opportunities and have these challenges that come into my life and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the, the, the blessings that show up in my life because what I want to do is I want to consistently live in partnership. Last night I spoke about it at the ordination. Ordination is an anointing. There's an anointing that takes place every time we gather. There's an opening of the spiritual energy that is powerful and beautiful and wonderful. And one of the practices, so people will say is, in the story I'm reading you about this priming the pump. So, okay, no, I can't give 10% because all I got is 90. I, I only have this much water. You got 90%. All right, I get it. Here, you keep drinking your tithe. Because it doesn't work. I mean, and if we look the way life works, imagine going to work and saying to your boss, if you have a boss, you know what, if you start paying me more, then, you know, I'm not talking a lot, maybe 20, 30, 50% more than you're paying me now, I'll start showing up on time. 
be here when we open every morning. But what you're going to have to do is pay me more. It's like going home and sitting in front of the fireplace and, and say, produce some heat. Come on. Heat, heat right now. Now, if you have a gas fireplace, you've got to turn the switch on. But if you have a wood-burning fireplace, you have to put something in the fireplace so it can produce heat. Imagine, or, or imagine you say, you know what, you go into work, and, and, and so forget about being on time. Just say, you know, I figured it out. What's really going to work well is if you make me the boss. Make me the boss. And don't worry about it. I'll figure it out as I go. Never been a boss before, but I know I'd be a good boss. What, what our opportunity is, is to prime the pump. When I first came here, Clarence Boyer was here this morning, sitting right there, and I thanked him profusely. When I first got here, we were, one of our activities every week is we were scrambling for volunteers to do bingos. Does anybody here remember bingos? Yeah, bingos. And so I said, why are we doing bingos? And they said, because it pays the mortgage. Uh, oh, okay, well, that's a good idea. Let's go do bingos. And so, and I made the mistake of saying to Clarence, Clarence, if you ever need help with a bingo, call me. And I never quite figured out how to take that back. So every week I was down doing bingos with everybody else. And I was not a good person to be at bingos. Because I, I had a tendency to give advice to people that I didn't think should be playing bingo, okay? People would say that, you know, they'd be there and I'd say, you know, I think you really should go get a job. They didn't want to hear that. Or I'd be selling bingo cards over here and some guy would be waving at me with his dauber and people have their own personalized daubers. I knew nothing about the bingo culture when I, before I got there. Personal daubers and they're all decorated in special ways. And, and, and so someone would say, hey, hey, over here, want another card? Because, you know, you sell different cards and that's how the bingo people make money. And so I, on the way over to, to sell a card to, to Linda, I'd stop along the way and sell one to Anna. And then I'd get over to Linda and say, well, how many cards do you want? And she'd say, I don't want any because you sold my card to her. Oh, my gosh. Wonder of wonders. Miracle of miracles. Well, go buy it off of her. Get a new card. I mean, it, it was just on and on and on. So I realized, you know what? We've got bingo consciousness mastered here. It's time for a bigger idea. And so I set an intention that we would fund our, our housing costs, our, our utilities, and other things without bingo. And it took a period of time. It took priming the pump in consciousness. So when we prime a pump, see, it's not, I'm going to take a class and everything's going to be different. We have, we have layers and layers and layers of consciousness upon us. And if we're not willing to do the releasing work, which is the priming the pump, so we got to stand there, we got to pump and pump and pump, and pump many times when it doesn't sound like there's any water coming. But the great thing about most really great wells is they're deep, the water's really pure, and it's really cold. But it takes time. My son Max is, is doing his residency at the University of Alberta. And he's done four years of undergrad, he's done four years of medical, of, uh, medical school, and now he's doing five years of residency. So that's 13 years. 13 years of education. And I have such an appreciation for what it takes, what people are asked to do. But his education, day in and day out, and his schedule's awful. 
I mean, I am so glad there are people out there that are willing to commit their time, energy. So he's priming the pump of his consciousness and learning along the way, and he keeps pumping and pumping and pumping. And each day, and so he's found ways to celebrate that day. He's found ways to to revel in this is my this is where I am now, and I'm moving in a direction that I that inspires me, and I know will allow me to share my gifts on the planet. So we show up in spiritual community, and we think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm God. This is a teaching that says God and I are one. God's life is my life. And 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 so we get it in the intellect. We get it in our heads. You know, I have people who tell me all the time, well, it's just about believing harder. Well, you've got to start there. You've got to question your, your status quo of your thinking. But it doesn't, believing harder, praying harder doesn't get you there. Our organization, we are a tithing community. And, and I'm very, very, um, I don't want to say proud, but I'm inspired by that. Because we stand as a community in faith. And, 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 and what I know about this, what's happening, see, we're in this wobbly place right now because what we've done in the past within our community is whenever things are, are not showing up, whenever we're not meeting our budget, we then think of some um, fundraising activity which will manipulate and, 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 and somehow convince you to let go of some of what you have. And for me, I realize, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. It's time for the rubber to hit the road. I'm standing, I'm taking a stand in this, that we are fully funded by our committed giving program. We are fully funded here. Pressed down and overflowing, because we have things to do. I keep having a vision of what's possible in community, what we can do with, with class, enough classrooms for everyone. I mean, you come around here sometime, we're doing classes, we're packed into rooms. And, and this building is, is falling apart in many ways. We, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful opportunity. But I realize as a spiritual leader here, I either take a stand and stand on these principles to say, you know, and, and we've been doing that. We've grown into it. It took us nine years to start becoming a, a fully tithing um, organization, which means 10% of everything non-designated that comes in goes out in, our, in gratitude. That's a powerful, we're priming the pump. But if I sit down with a, and we look at our budget right now, because we're way out of whack with our budget, it, it, all of a sudden we're back into this consciousness, we've got some money, we've got our casino money coming in, which is then going to put the Band-Aid on it again. And we'll be okay. We'll have just enough. And I share this with you, not, not out of, I'm just sharing with you, that, 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 but this is the evolution of consciousness. We've gone from bingo consciousness to now we're, we're self-supporting. And now we're, we're attached to this, this casino consciousness. My dear friend, Kathy Ann Lewis, when they decided to build their new building, she was putting an extra $35,000 a month away. You talk about support and possibility. But what had happened is they'd eradicated lack consciousness. They said, let's step up. Let's use this powerful spiritual practice. Because what we do, what people, I hear people say is, man, I'm for more prosperity. Whew, yeah, bring it on. Whew, ready for that. Or abundance. Yeah, I want Abundance. Well, that might require you then to give something to, to, to tap into that. It might require you to move into a practice that is really scary because money's really scary. Oh, I can give you time. I got time. I tithe. I give you all the time I have. Well, when you give all your time, you end up with time. I mean, the universe, it's, it's mathematical. I know people all the time say, I give my time. I give my talent. Well, good. And we appreciate that. That's wonderful. But that's not where the rubber meets the road. So if we don't confront our fear, if I don't confront my fear about having this conversation with you, if I don't confront my fear about money not being enough, which I've been in the process of doing and growing the consciousness of that, then who am I to stand before you and say anything's possible? Well, it's not because there's not enough. 
So I'm a phony. And so I'm just telling you that, you know, you've got nine bottles here. Well, I can't, I can't do this one. I need this. I'm thirsty. Well, what about those? And, and, and here's, here's a great thing. So the, the organization, because we are leading the charge with this. Our, most of our communities are broke. I mean, we talk about un, un, unbounded possibility. You go hang out in some of our communities. They're meeting in rented space. Their minister works a full-time job. See, what I've done in the past is I've, I just give back salary. That's how I fixed it in the past. Okay, I'll give back all my class money, and I'll give back extra salary so we, we meet the budget. And I realize I'm not going to do that anymore. I will give because I want to give any way I can. But I'm not serving the greater good of this community and building a consciousness by making it easy for all of us. And I'm realizing that by not being authentic about this and having the conversation, I serve no one. It just makes it easier for me. Because then all I have to do is go home and make it right in my own consciousness that what I'm doing is important. But I realize this is such a powerful practice. This is such a powerful practice. We have to give something to get something out of it. And so when we affirm prosperity in our lives, it's not just give, 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 give. Here I am. It's about giving and receiving. It's about standing in the faith of the infinite and saying, we're in partnership. Prayer work, meditation. I'm taking a picture of the center down to Abhijanya with me. And knowing my prayer is that we are fully funded, we are fully funded by our committed giving. That we are a tithing community and that we understand tithing at such a deep level that it's not something that scares people. It's like, oh my gosh, look what we're doing together. Look what are the possibilities. I love this teaching. Where can I go on this planet and have this experience and be empowered in my own life and watch children be empowered and watch people's life shift and change and be transformed? And it's not overnight. That's just fairy dust ideas. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes a daily uh, spiritual practice. Meditation, prayer, contemplation. Practicing silence at times. Understanding where we can give, where we're inspired. The whole idea around that tithe is to give 10% of what we have to the source of our good. And if you don't feel guided to give here, I, I'm, I'm fine with that, but you got to give somewhere if you're going to shift and change it. I have, I have people in my life say, well, I don't have any money. And I just, I don't say anything to that. Because I'm not going to agree with that. What do you want me to say to that? You got it. I support you in that. Call me next week when you have even less. We'll keep going in that direction. It's, see, it is just so important, that the consciousness we stand in. And you know what? And there's so many promises in the Bible on this at the deepest level. And it seems so counterintuitive. Why would I want to give one of these? I need that. I'm going to keep drinking my tithe because I can't tithe. I can't give 10% of my money. That's a, that's a frightening, frightening idea. And that scares people. Alice Bailey said at the, at the turn of the century, she said the greatest obstacle for people in this culture that's being uh, given uh, awake in this, in this time is financial. It would be the greatest obstacle. And it is. I'll tell you, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You have extra money that you don't know what to do with, give it to me. I got great ideas for it. You'll be so happy to see what we're able to do with it. 
Because, you know, I, I think for many of us, and I thought it for years, that to, to, to be prosperous was not spiritual. Where'd that idea come from? So this, this whole idea of, tith- of tithing or not tithing, the organization, so the organization, so we're leading the charge in this. I got to tell you, you go to other centers, it doesn't look like this. The average salary for a minister, if I was on that average salary, you wouldn't see me much during the week because I'd have to have a full-time job. I am so grateful to be here with you and to lead this charge with you and to give everything I can and to continue to do my own cleaning and my own, my own um, house cleaning on my own lack of consciousness because there's two things, that, there's two strategies that are really important. One is gratitude. So I want to tell you right now from the bottom of my heart, and I say this not because I have to, but because it's what I feel and live from, thank you. Thank you for whatever you give. Everyone can give something. And so we give what we can wherever we are, even if it's a smile. If that's all you got, God bless you. Because it's the consciousness you give the smile from. Um, Terry Cole Whitaker said this, it does not matter how much love we have or how many talents or how intelligent, for these will grow when invested, used, and expressed. These will grow when invested, used, and expressed. We prosper by starting the giving process with whatever we have wherever we are. But I will tell you the key to it, it's the consciousness we give from. It's the consciousness we do anything from that makes all the difference. And there's a presence there. And when we do that, when we, when we put ourselves in that state of gratitude and appreciation, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the legacy, for the people that have gone before us that allow us to be here today to give birth to this consciousness that I know is going to, it's, it's going to get, this, look, this consciousness is going to get birthed. The greater good, the new idea, the newness is going to show up. I'd like to see it show up here as well as other places. And so what I know, it's a deepening, and it's a commitment, and it's surrendering all those strategies I have in that kingdom, of, kingdom two consciousness into kingdom three, which is grace, gratitude, forgiveness, and beauty. And then I stand in, and then I stand in divine co-creation. And it's not just for the ministers and the priests and the practitioners. It's for all of us. And, and, you know, Holmes talks about the artist, how the artist, uh, there's a beautiful story in the Living the Science of Mind. I wrote about it in my newsletter article. But he talks about how the artist, eventually the, 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 the practices and the technique become a, a habitual pattern and then the beauty can express. And I think the same is true of our spiritual practice. It's a beautiful thing. Terry Cole Whitter continues, whatever, using whatever we have for a higher purpose of serving God by being, the instrument of, by being the instrument of spirit and love in the world ensures that all of our needs are met, contributing our time, our talents, and our resources into God's work to bring love, prosperity, and abundant living to all, guarantees our success and fills us with bliss. So the organization came to me, I'm a member of the leadership council, and they said, we want you to lead the charge on debt reduction. And I said, first of all, I'm not going to lead any charge that starts with debt, okay? Because I think words have power, and I don't like the word uh, debt. I called Marcia Sutton, who's created the co-creation stuff. I said, Marcia, I need your help. I need your guidance on this. She said, well, why don't you call it revealing our, our abundant good? I said, like that. So I got a plan together. I said, great, we're going to do this. And I called, I, I called a number of people that I want to be part of this conversation because what I want to do is take a group of people from a variety of sizes of churches, and I want to create a sacred covenant which is a vow, it's a vow of prosperity, is what we're gonna do, we're gonna create it together. So I called, uh, and we did our budget two weeks ago in Denver. 
So I'm all set. I got my plan in place. I'm ready to go. I'm, I've done my forgiveness work. I've done my, my squats. I've done 15 push-ups and, and four sit-ups, and I'm ready to go. I'm, just, I'm, I'm ready to take on the world. So I call. I go to the board, and, and, and I get to the uh, board budget meeting, and, and they say to me, well, we don't have any money for you to get together with people. And I thought, isn't that interesting? They've asked me to, for debt reduction, but there's no resources available for debt reduction. And so I kind of stood there, and I thought, well, I guess I go to plan B. So when is there enough? When is there enough? Which is the question I'm going to ask them next time I see them. Because there's not enough. So here's an organization wanting to reduce debt, and I guess what they want me to do is perform a miracle and have wads of money land in my lap while I'm in meditation, and that's a nice idea, and I'd like that. But then we would miss all the great growth that goes on with. See, we're not, it's not here that life isn't, this isn't a teaching and life should be easy. This is a teaching that says, you know what, you are God in form, which is just an idea. And then how does that reveal itself? How do I deepen? What are the practices? What stretches me? And then to give back to people that inspire you. And to, and to return 10% of your time, talent, and treasure to the world in somewhere that's meaningful. But it's so easy. I can give my time all day long. You know, when we want more love in our lives, we give more love. You want more joy in your life, give more joy. You want more money in your life, you've got you've to take care of that financial constipation you've got going on. Have you watched that show, Hoarding? I can't watch that show. It's awful. I don't know how people live like that. I'm like, Ugh. But there is lack consciousness personified. So the two strategies are gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Gratitude, and then more gratitude because it keeps us in that feeling tone of abundance. Gratitude, and then eliminating lack consciousness. And so what I'm in support of for our community, I, say, I take a stand with you. We are fully supported by committed giving. We are attracting the programs, the ideas, and the inspiration empowering one another to live our most beautiful experience. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, I'd love to go to John and God with you, but I can't afford it. And I just look at them, because I'm not going to agree with that either. But it's, it's just a mindset. I can't go. I can't do this. Our organization, we're in the same situation. And all I'm saying is there's another possibility. There's a bigger idea. So if you're, you're experiencing lack and limitation in your life, where are you withholding? Where are you withholding your love? Where are you withholding your joy? Where are you withholding your support? Where are you in resentment about certain things? Where, where can you say, you know what, I'm going to, here's a great idea, I think, and where we're moving as a, as a community. And, as a, you know, and, and I've had people leave this community because they don't agree with me. And I get it. It's fine. It's scary. It's a scary idea to confront your, your lack of consciousness, especially around money if you've never had any. But what if you had to put 10% to give back to spirit and 10% you put away for yourself and you got eight, eight bottles right here? But we keep drinking, we keep drinking our 10% for ourselves. We keep drinking our tithe and then we wonder why we don't have any more. So I'm praying. I took that Prosperity Plus class. They forced me to tithe for 10 weeks. Well, 10 weeks, you might take more than 10 weeks to unravel the resistance that you have alive in yourself. I asked the practitioners, ministers here to step into tithing. And then it is what it is. But what we do is we short, we short circuit and we sell ourselves short in our relationship with the infinite. And there's nowhere where it's more challenging than right there. 
And so I just want to thank you. We have placed in the, the uh, envelopes today the registration for intentional giving. And I tell you, we got some people that really give in amazing, amazing ways. As Terry Cole Whitaker says, you start wherever you are. You start wherever you are. But it's about the reciprocity. It's about giving and receiving. It's about the blessings. And how can we expect a greater and a bigger idea to show up in our lives when we're so busy uh, hoarding and closed down? It's opening ourselves to greater support. Because I'll tell you what happens, and this has been my experience, because it took me a long time to grow into this consciousness. I didn't do this in a couple of weeks. It took me a time. So I honor wherever you are in that. And this is not a demand. This is a sharing. But what I realized is what I was hoarding and what I was hanging on to were crumbs. They were crumbs. I thought there wasn't enough because the crumbs I had, I had to hang on to. And it's like, oh my gosh. So God is either on my team, I'm either in co-creation, I'm either in divine relationship or I'm not. And it's deep, serious practice. And it's powerful. It's powerful. And then you're not alone in this. Then it is not by my hand. Our job is to decide what. Our job is to create the spiritual prototype, the mental equivalent. As as Joe Dispenza said in that beautiful movie last week, Go where the ideal exists in your mind's eye. See it beautiful, fully orbed, the full experience of whatever it is, and then memorize that. That's our opportunity. But it's not our job to know how it's going to show up. It's just not our job. But we think it's our job. See, what we want to do is we want to figure it out. That's why we're stuck in the mentality, the mental scientist. And at some point in time, it's got to be the surrender and to understand we stand in co-creation. We either do or we don't. God's life is either my life or it isn't. Spirit's life, Father, Mother, God, this divine principle is either who I am or not. And then it's going about in Malachi, it says, prove this now. Prove this now. Bring the tithes to the storehouse and blessings will be poured out upon this face of the planet like you cannot imagine. I'm paraphrasing. But that's one of the promises. And so it's an opportunity for us to just so look at it. We grew out of bingo consciousness. We're moving forward. The organization realizes that we're selling ourselves short with our principles. We need people with the consciousness that are demonstrating the consciousness to help lead the charge. And so it's so exciting to be part of this with you. It's, so, it's such a blessing to be here. All the learning, all the growth, all the opportunities, the things that we're stretched into. And to have those deep experiences, this group going to Abhijanya for greater healing. It's not just healing of our physical bodies, it's healing of our consciousness. Prosperity consciousness. I'm taking a, a picture down there with me. Support us and, and love us into. Thank you for supporting us into the consciousness that we are self-supporting through our committed giving and that we are able to move forward with whatever it is we decide to do. That's what I get to do. That's the what. And then let's see how the how shows up. And you can do the same thing for yourself. Figure out your ideal. Figure out your ideal. That's your responsibility. And then nurture that. Reach for the highest thought possible. It's a beautiful opportunity. We're going to be thinking anyway. I mean, we're, we all, we're always thinking, right? Why not think that for a while? Because the worry will always be there. The lack will always be there. And I just think there's a much more interesting, powerful opportunity for us to be together in community and to watch this, this what we teach thrive and be a force for good upon this planet and a beacon of light. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your energy this t- that I'm taking with me to Abhijanya on tomorrow. I've got about 70 pictures, okay? Now, I don't know if I can bring back 70 bottles of herbs for everybody. 
So you may see me on the evening news, minister arrested for bringing herbs back into Canada, all right? I didn't realize the magnitude of pictures going would be there, but I will do my best to get your pictures before the entities. And, and the entities are present here and now with us. Someone asked me the other day, what, last night someone said to me, why you got to go down there? What do you need him for? We can do that. And I said, well, true, 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 true. But what happens for us is we, there's too much of us in the way. There's too much thinking that goes on. And when you're down there, you're pulled out of that, that intellectual process that we're so married to. And there's something beautiful. It's an anointing. It's a, it's a connection. It's a realization of the presence of spirit in our lives like no other way that I've experienced in my life. So I'm really looking forward to going back. And I'm also looking forward to coming back and sharing that energetic with you and an opportunity to take pictures before the entities. I mean, I had to get away from the pictures yesterday. I was, I was sorting them all and making sure I had everybody's information. And it was just sort of overwhelming. And, and, and the, the, the presence I felt in that, it was like, I gotta leave the room. This is just quite powerful and beautiful. It's already, it's already working. It's already working. See, it's not by our hand completely. This doesn't have to wear us out, but it's building the faith, it's building the trust, it's building that knowing and that relationship. And that's what we're about here. We're a center for spiritual living. Who are we going to be in relationship with? To love God, the first commandment, love God with all your heart and all your soul. Where's God? Well, God's right there. God's in that tree I saw this morning. God's in the face of everybody I'm looking at. Well, I don't want to have to do, love those people. But that's where God is. And then the second, beyond that, is then love thy neighbor as thyself. Moses taught it. Jesus taught it. It's what Holmes stood for. Love God first and foremost. And to be challenged and to be stretched into that bigger and newer idea, it's a wonderful opportunity. I mean, come on, we're going to be doing this life anyway. We might as well do it like this in celebration. That's why it says something wonderful is happening here. It's our opportunity. So then we can, we can give our tithe. We can give to ourselves. And we got eight more bottles to drink. Blessings, thank you. I'll see you in two weeks. And so it is.